Hey there, this is In The Loop. Santa and Jeff aren't home right now, but leave us a message at the beep. Hit me. Hey everybody, it's Jeff Horwich, and this is an unusual week. On Friday, the uh, day when we normally put our podcast out to uh, the welcome arms of the world, we are, Sandin and I, that is, going to be at the Minnesota State Fair. We've been preparing this week for a special show we're doing out there, demonstrating uh, in our signature variety show format the splendor that is mprnewsq.org, which is our home website here at Minnesota Public Radio. We have been been focusing on that, didn't want to give it short shrift, wanted to feel comfortable when I leap on that stage on Friday, and so we decided to try something a little different this week because we still wanted to give you something fun to listen to. We threw open the phone lines, and if you've been listening, you heard me last week, call out for your two-minute stories on anything, and we indeed heard from quite a number of people. It was a very successful first time out of the box for what we've been calling our In The Loop voicemail story slam. And I would like to say that what I'm about to present to you is some delicately curated, lovingly crafted selection of the stories we received. That is not true. What you're about to hear is basically everything. It was nothing that just screamed, cut me, I'm terrible. Uh, There was some random stuff, that's for sure, but that's what makes the whole thing so wonderful. I, in fact, have not heard most of these. I've listened to little snippets as they rolled into my email. Uh, Sandin has pulled them all together into one listening experience. I believe it's about 20 minutes long, and that's about as much setup as I could give, even if I wanted to give more. I'm done. I might be back at the very end just to uh, play one last little little fun thing for you. But uh, otherwise, sit back and enjoy what you all had to contribute for our first ever voicemail story slam. Go. At the tone, please record your message. Hi, my name's Adam, and this is uh, my story. The uh, summer before my senior year of high school, I was working a job doing menial clerical tasks at a major mortgage company. Sometime in mid-July, I decided I'd had enough and decided to stop working early. I returned home later that night and mentioned the idea to my mom in passing. Her response was something to the effect of, well, okay, but surely you're not going to do this before you have something else lined up. I paused and said, you know, yeah, um, of course. So the charade began. I left the house daily at 8 a.m. in my uh, business casual. Then I went to the Y for a couple hours. Then I went to Panera to have lunch and flirt with the bread girl. Then to a friend's house to kill some time until 2 when I'd head to the beach. 4.30 rolls around. Call home. Mom, I'm going to head to the beach for a few hours. See you around 6. This is basically how I spent the following four weeks in the summer. While it's by far the most elaborate series of lies I've ever told my parents, it's also one of my favorite memories of home. Seven years have passed, but I still don't think my mom would be amused. Hi, Sandin and Jeff. Uh, My name is Bill, and I live in Apple Valley, Minnesota. And I've had a very exciting summer because um, although I've been divorced for eight years and we have three children, I am now dating my ex-wife, and it's very exciting for me, and a new chapter in my life. So I just wanted to share that. I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Lucy Amundsen calling you from Duluth, and I have a story for you called Names. 
I remember thinking that Minneapolis City Hall seemed a fitting place to elope. It has this really heavy classical stone architecture thing going on, and it feels weighty with significance, kind of like getting married in your early 30s to the guy who knocked you up. Jason's cousin, Judge Raleigh Amundsen, spoke eloquently on the institution of marriage, though I can scarcely remember any of it. I mostly remember the kiss. It was a nice one, during which I had a how-did-I-get-here moment, because I am, after all, an accidental Minnesotan. I was seduced, first by a region of the country so damn friendly that people with no cause whatsoever will talk to you in the grocery store. By a large metropolitan, which then was so easy to get around, I called it the training bra of cities. But after a few years and several new lines on my resume, I thought it was time to get headed back to home to Maine when enter stage left, the unexpected Norwegian. And nearly as momentous as getting married, I was changing my last name. With that courthouse kiss, I turned in Lucienne Belanger for Midwest-friendly Lucy Amundsen. Okay, people tell me that Belanger is a beautiful name and that I really should have kept it. But when I first moved to Minnesota, I was at the DMV listening to the clerk calling, D-Langer, D-Langer. Oof, I had thought that's a rough one. And then she added, Lucene D-Langer, your license is ready. Turns out in Minnesota, I have a first name that rhymes with obscene. I signed up for the lifetime opportunity to spell out the S-E-N of Amundsen, and it was a good trade. But even our simple ceremony didn't escape wedding drama. Shortly after, Jason's cousin, our wedding officiant, pled guilty to five counts of felony theft by swindle. It made all the paper, national news, and he was even on Larry King Live with my new last name. Bye. This is Vicki Joan Keck, Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is Diversity of Adversity, Part 1. Such a diversity of adversity with my friends, ailing parents, beloved pets demise, can't pay the rent, love gone wrong, so many reasons to cry. I feel strung out, tapped out, pushed to the limit. I want to help, but I don't have a minute to spare. Money's too tight to mention, and it's a bone of contention because I know they deserve attention, but so do I. So I try and satisfy both, and I'm making myself crazy because I'm thinking I'm lazy, and there's just no time. No time. It's never enough, and I'm not that tough. So don't give me guff if I say no. Hey, in the loop. Um, my name is Natalie, and I'm calling from Minneapolis. My story is about me getting um, robbed. I was in Argentina last semester. It was a really nice day. I was sitting outside in a park, leaning against a tree, reading. And these two nice ladies with a puppy come up to me and ask uh, what time it is. So I say, oh, 
10 to 2. And they, like, looked at me really funny, and I thought, did they not understand my, like, bad American accent? So then I, like, held out my cell phone to them, showing them what time it was. And then they gave me a really funny stare. But I just went back to reading. Suddenly I felt, like, this globity gloop stuff fall in my hair. And so I'm like, ew, gross, what just happened? What just fell from the tree, right? And I'm, like, looking up to see if there's, like, a bird that pooped on me or something. Nothing's there. And so this nice lady who had just asked me what time it is was like, oh, my God, a pigeon just pooped on you. And she held out a tissue to me and actually was trying to, like, clean off my shoulder for me and my, like, hood of my sweatshirt. And I was like, oh, thanks, that's nice. Um, But that's okay. I have my own tissues in my backpack. So I tried to reach for my backpack to grab my tissues, and it was gone. It seems like her, like, little sidekick had gone and taken my backpack as soon as the other lady uh, sprayed, I don't know what, goop on my head. So my backpack was gone, which included my house keys, my Minnesota driver's license, both of my, my credit card, my debit card, my cash, all of my notes and stuff for class, um, but not my iPod and not my brand new Ray-Bans. So that's about it. That's my story. Thanks. It's for a moment, calling from Chicago. Here's a joke. Uh, two psychologists are sitting at dinner, and one says the other one had the worst Freudian slip with my mother the other day. I was at dinner with her, and I meant to say, pass the fall, but instead I said, you ruined my life, selfish whore. Bye. My name is Meredith. I'm from Pottstown, Pennsylvania. I do a podcast at Braindouche.net, but I still have a day job, which is why I'm whispering. Hi, In The Loop. This is Alina Roberts calling from Corvallis, Oregon, and my story of the week is that my summer internship ended prematurely this week uh, due to me making a stupid mistake and my employer throwing the book at me. I uh, decided to stay home from work last Friday due to exhaustion and lack of sleep and failed to call in, which I realized was not a smart thing, and I I totally take the, the blame for that. And when I came in on Monday, at the end of the day, they informed me that that was a cause for termination and that Monday was my last day. So I have uh, re-entered the world of unemployment. If anybody needs a talented blind woman to come and work for them, uh, I'm, I'm here. So I'd like to not be unemployed again for another two years. And uh, I love the show and hope everybody's having a better week than I am. Thanks. Bye. My name is Meredith. I'm from Pottstown. I also think the voicemail broke the last time I tried to use it, so here we go again. Hi, this is Vicki Joan Keck again with Diversity of Adversity Part 2. There's a diversity of adversity in this city. No pity, no time for quitting. I want to care, but there is need everywhere, and it doesn't seem fair, so I straight ahead like it's not there. I know it's unkind to act blind, but I find it's the only way to cope, and I hope it's understood that that is just the way I deal with the hood. Such a diversity of adversity in this city. I don't want to fear living here, but when I hear those sirens 
shouts and pistols. I want to scream, let this be a dream. I don't want to know about the mother and child killed by teenagers, friends who just went wild, or the kid, a dancer, not yet 21, stabbed, left to die in the street. Reason, none. I will not let this beat me. I will not stay inside and cower. I can't give it that power. For each violent act, let's plant a flower till the roots choke out the hate. It's not too late. Can't be too late. I keep trying to leave a voicemail, but the voicemail lady keeps interrupting me. It's like she doesn't want me to leave a voicemail during the loop. She doesn't like me. It's artistic criticism. Nobody likes me. I told my listeners to go tired of fire. Hi, this is Sarah Shamla. I'm calling on behalf of No Name Premium Meat and Seafood out of St. Michael, Minnesota. On Wednesday, August 26th, and on Monday, August 31st, The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien featured a large carved white chocolate bust of Conan with wavy bacon hair. Um, In his initial broadcast, Conan incorrectly stated that that this white chocolate bust was sent to him by the Minnesota State Fair when it actually was sent by No Name. They are a small family-owned meat and seafood company in St. Michael, uh, the bust featured No Name Bacon as Conan's hair, and on Monday night's show, he corrected it, stating that the bust came from No Name. Uh, but please let me know if In The Loop would be interested in talking with Josh Henderson. He's the marketing director at No Name about the experience of getting a large 200-pound white chocolate bust of Conan O'Brien uh, featuring bacon hair on the air with The Tonight Show uh, with Conan O'Brien. Hey, Sandin and Jeff. This is Craig Kenworthy from Bozeman, Montana, and in honor of Back to school time, here's a poem about school. In kindergarten, the creek's ice broke, like a glass tipped over on the counter. One crack, but one enough. It was the first time I remember running hard in the cold, pulled out by the hood of my green coat from Sears, by a fourth grader I never saw again. I sprinted the third of a mile to stand in the hallway, outside our classroom, stripped naked except for my shoes, small fingers too numb to undo black laces. Putting on the dry clothes my mother brought as she bent to work the knots, taking a long time, hiding her tears, not for letting me walk alone, but because she had to. My name is John Baird. I live in Oak Park Heights, Minnesota. My story is uh, a a small world uh, type story. Some years ago, we were standing on a train platform in France. Naturally, we were talking in our distinctive Minnesota accent, which actually is the only pure English spoken anywhere in the world. And uh, there were several men standing near us. They came over and they said, uh, uh, where were we from? And I said, Stillwater, Minnesota. One of the uh, men said, well, 
do you know uh, a Steve Barrett from Stillwater? And I said, yes, he was our son. And the man said, I was a professor at Coe College in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He was one of my students, which illustrates that uh, no matter where you go in the world, you can't get away with anything. End of story. I came to Minnesota during the Joseph McCarthy era. I was from Winnipeg. And I thought Americans were crazy to listen to him. Well, I was living in Dinkytown, and our landlady who lived downstairs reported us to student housing for having men in our rooms. She also told them we played communist records. That was unfair. One roommate, uh, an older divorcee of 29, took her boyfriend into her bedroom every night and locked the door. But I was the one who played songs of the Lincoln Brigade and Los Cuatro Generales, Los Cuatro Generales, Los Cuatro Generales, Mamita Mia, how they betrayed us. And the Paul Robeson record was mine. I loved his deep voice singing, that's America to me. I thought the man at student housing had no business asking us about our records, but I didn't say so that day because I was too scared. I wasn't sure why Dr. Schmuck, honestly, that was his name, of the Student Housing Bureau treated us like whores. Was it the boys? Was it the quote-unquote communism? But I was relieved that the only disciplinary action he took was strict orders that no boys could come upstairs. Uh, my name is Joan Kaloff, and thank you. What is America to me? The house I live in, the friends that I have found, the folks beyond the railroad, and the people all around. The worker and the farmer, the sailor on the sea, the men who built this country, that's America to me. This is Sarah Gossman from Chatfield, Minnesota. Throughout my life, I've had different hairstyles and different hair lengths, but I've always just kind of gone back to washing it, letting it air dry, and then putting it in a ponytail. But I spent my summer farming in the heat, and my long hair just kind of kept getting in the way. And after being inspired by a few of the girls that I was farming with, I decided that I needed to cut it all off. So I buzzed my hair to three-fourths of an inch long. And now I don't have to do anything with it, and I think I look good. Um, but this all happened about a week ago, and that was just before my junior year of college started. I am ashamed to admit that I was a little worried about what other people would think. Would they think that I was being too extreme? Would they just give me strange looks? But surprisingly... I have received noticeably more compliments about my buzzed hair than I have gotten about any other hairstyle. Um, yeah. Thanks. I love in the loop. <laughs>
Bye. A thick slice of bright red tomato stuffed between two slices of wheat bread. Sprinkled with a little pepper, nothing more. On the other side of his plate are more sliced red tomatoes, fresh from the garden, perfect ripeness. In front of his plate sits a big bowl of red and yellow cherry tomatoes for an appetizer. This is what my dad had for lunch yesterday. Daisy, it'll all be over in three weeks. You gotta enjoy them while you can, he says. He can't face the strangely pale store-bought tomatoes and will patiently wait until high summer when his vines start producing again. Tomorrow, my dad's tomato lunch regimen will be joined by a couple of cucumbers with a little salt, nothing more. Kate Kirscht, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, so this is Amy Salloway from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Here you go. I grew up in Milwaukee, which means my family went to the Wisconsin State Fair every summer. And for my mom, this brought up conflicting feelings. I knew she craved the cream puffs. Oi, they're so good. And loved the craft displays. Look at the little cow carved out of butter. That's butter. Sid, are you even looking? But she also complained over and over that we didn't belong there. There are no Jews here. The State Fair is not a place for Jews. I don't know where she got the idea that an agricultural expo came with a religious divide, and I don't know why it even mattered to her. I mean, it's not like we were there to get bar mitzvahed or find out if our kugel had won a ribbon. But the more I got enraptured by the exotic corners of life the fair showed me, the more separatist my mom became. So now you want to make seed art. Seed art is not going to get you into Harvard. The summer I was about 10, my family was in the hog barn, standing in the center aisle between stables of enormous swine, when my mom and I started fighting full on. You cannot join 4-H, my mother was yelling at me. It's for farmers. There are no Jewish farmers. None. Now, I don't know if the pigs had been listening and got offended, or if my mom's high nasal tone agitated them, or if maybe they were on schedule to exit the pens around now anyway, but all of the pigs in the barn chose this moment in total solidarity to stampede out of their gates down the center aisle towards my mother. I will never forget the visual image of those pigs, the most unkosher of God's creatures, moving like a giant pink avalanche towards my mom, who stood motionless, howling, arms in the air, until my stepfather managed to yank her out of the way and run with all of us out of the building. I worried that my mom would spend the rest of the day shouting at me that this just proved her point, that clearly the pigs knew we were Jewish and wanted to drive us out. But lucky for me, she was too dazed and shaken to want to keep fighting. All she said as she brushed hay out of her hair was, Sid, I need a cream puff now. And off we trekked to make that happen. That's it. Thanks a lot. And there it was, the first ever In the Loop voicemail story slam. Hoping to have a real story slam here maybe in the next uh, bunch of months. Don't hold me to that. But uh, in the meantime, this was a fun experiment. And I'm not going to claim that we're doing high art uh, here necessarily, 
But just hearing all those voices, the range of, of ages and approaches and sounds and, and stories was really cool. And also the fact that I don't think I'm familiar with a lot of the people who called in, which makes me feel very good about the, the breadth of our audience and that there are lots more of you out there just waiting for your moment to to chime in. Uh, thanks to everybody who took literally two minutes to call in and uh, leave a little message for us on the voicemail. That was produced by Sandon Totten, of course, uh, pulled all those together, and music by the Smarts all along the way, who you can hear playing for real at a uh, at a real story slam when and if we have our next one. Yeah, a little bit of Paul Robeson, I think, in there as well. That was not the Smarts. Since we are doing, oh, something of a, well, not even something of a, a completely random episode today, uh, let's end with something just as random as what has come before, if not more so. And I'm gonna—I want to play this just because, because um, I haven't played it yet, and now's a chance. This is probably eight or ten months ago. Uh, I had a, a sketch idea in mind, which, um, thanks to my better judgment and the advice of an editor, I—I I did not go ahead with. It's probably for the best. Uh, but as part of that, I had had built this elaborate soundtrack of an earthquake, and I've held on to it all this time. Never played it, never had a reason to play it. And I don't even have a reason now, but I'm going to play it anyway. So uh, 13 tracks, I counted them up. Lucky number 13 tracks of earthquake craziness. Lasts about a minute. Turn up those headphones, sit back, and let's end today's episode with a natural disaster. Okay, glad I got that out of my system. I'm Jeff Horwich, and I will talk to you next week.